Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. And we're taking a look at the 1990s version of Ghost Rider, issue number one. But first, gotta let you know, Cartoonist Kayfabe comic book Christmas in July is the last Saturday in July. And we are taking uh, our comp copies of books that we've created. We are taking our doubles. And we are going around town like Johnny Appleseed. And we are putting those comics into the free little lending libraries throughout our neighborhoods. Uh, so that we can spread the word about comics, uh, that this medium is vital, this medium rules, and if you haven't given comics a shot in a while, it's time to reintroduce yourself to that form, so we encourage you guys to do the same. Let's celebrate this form that we love, and let's try to create a couple more readers out there. Uh, like, follow, and subscribe to the YouTube channel so that we can uh, let you know when we have new videos available. It mitigates that kayfabe effect, man. Whenever we put a video out in the morning, Early afternoon, midday, the comics we talk about disappear off of the uh, secondary markets. So the people who see the videos first get first dibs on uh, the stuff that we're talking about online at the cheapest prices. If you watch these vids to the very end, you're going to uh, be able to help us increase our subscriber base by pushing uh, the YouTube video content out to other comic book loving YouTube viewers, man. Uh, it, it, it gooses the algorithm to get us... Uh, more popularity, more eyeballs on the channel, and it makes these videos uh, possible to do on a continuing basis. Without further ado, we're taking a look at uh, Ghost Rider. Number one, bought this thing off the stands on the strength of that cover, Jimmy. It's a great cover. And uh, rereading it for the first time in maybe 30 years, uh, it. I have a lot of thoughts <laughs> ab about this thing, man. Um, Let me give some context, because this is about whenever I start reading comics. Okay. And I had picked up Marvel Age, and they had like their preview. They were doing six new issues, one each month to start right, this year. Right, that's right. Moon Knight. And it was Ghost Rider. I don't know. It was Moon Knight. Mark, Ghost Mark Rider. Specter, Moon Knight. Namor by John Byrne. Uh -huh. New Warriors, which was kind of all new to me and I fell in love with. Guardians of the Galaxy, Jim Valentino. Spider-Man, McFarlane. Oh, okay. And I forget what the the sixth one was. Maybe it was Moon Knight. But uh, I was so psyched because it's like I'm a new reader and it's a bunch of number ones. I picked up all of them. Yeah. And this, I think, was a surprise hit for, for Marvel. You know, I'm not sure how popular it was in the 70s. Like, I mean, it got canceled eventually. So not their most popular book. And, you know, you have Tom McFarlane Spider-Man on one end setting records for sales. So what do they expect out of Ghost World? It's kind of, or Ghost World. What do they expect out of Ghost Rider? It's an atypical kind of hero at the time. And I think it boomed because like pretty soon you have Midnight Suns following where now we've got six of these books. They gussied this up for the 90s. This is my introduction to the idea and concept of Ghost Rider. 1990, I'm eight years old. When I'm going to the flea markets, I'm looking for G.I. Joe's. I'm not looking for comics. What comics was for me was a cheap toy that I could get at the grocery store with mom. It was something I look forward to a lot. But if I'm going to Hills, I'm trying to get a new Thundercats action figure. Like this stuff is reserved for like the grocery store, which is where I would accumulate this stuff, man. So what I'm saying is when I'm at the flea market, I'm not looking for those old Ghost Rider comics. I'm not looking for any of that kind of shit. I don't know anything about it. Leather, chains, a really fucking cool bike, a skull with a, with a flame, and a flaming wheel. I don't know how you can possibly make this cooler. Yes. And this spoke directly to me. Go pull out that uh, She-Hulk real quick. 
you know, this number one, maybe little Ed ain't fucking with that. <laughs> you know, like I didn't have the Chitara figure until I stole it from somebody. <laughs> it is a different book though. And you know, like all those ones I named that are number ones, they're sp dudes in spandex. This was a, this was different because uh, we are nerds here at the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel and stuff. And you know, I follow Uncle Todd Klein on Facebook. He actually recently uh, posted this Ghost Rider logo and really extolled the virtues of the dry brush effect. And uh, it was a mystery to him. And within the thread, it became agreed upon that a guy named Ken Lopez was the dude that created that logo. More thoughts in mind with this uh, with this comic and, and rereading it uh, at this time. Um, as far as makers and creators go when it comes to comics, uh, I think of it in the same, a, a generation of artists, I think of it in the same terms as uh, the movie Style Wars about graffiti writers in New York. The, the, the established generation in graffiti is like a four-year span. That is a generation of, of artists in graffiti. And I feel like that's close in comics. I feel like it may be five years. Like, like I don't necessarily even feel like your generation in a way. Like, I think of, like, you guys are like the post-Paul Pope, Farrell, Becky Cloonan, Thick Brush. And then there's, like, another thing that happens after. Uh, when it comes to fandom just as a collector or fan of comics, I think the generation is the same as like father-son dynamic. And like your dad and my dad could have gotten Fantastic Four issue number one when they were reasonably young. Like my pops was in high school, n nearly graduating or something, probably not fucking with comics, but he could have gotten it. And like our dad's generation, like they were crying about throwing away their amazing fantasy 15s and, and their Spider-Man ones. And, oh, my mom got rid of all my stuff when I went off to Vietnam or whatever. These were our number ones, dude. And this is a reestablishment of like the, the Marvel method, like for the 90s. So the way that Howard Mackey lays this shit out in terms of the universe that he's creating... Danny Ketch, it's the Peter Parker formula in a certain way. Like, with, like, sort of the struggles that he has. He's kind of a wuss. He doesn't help his sister. You know, you establish, like, all of that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's almost one for one. Worth noting the, the creative team here. Yes. Javier Salteres and uh, Mark Teixeira on inks. Teixeira will take over this book. He will. Art-wise. Um, but you can still see his style here, and I think uh, Salter's art looks good. Like like they're, this issue, there's a lot of good-looking stuff in this issue. They're very complementary. They are. They fit together well, and it's atypical of what was emerging in the early 90s was that, like, Scott Williams would be the guy. The alpha, you know, in terms of what the look, very polished, slick line. This book didn't have it, and it served this book well yes. to have a more textured look. Absolutely, man. Shouts to maybe uh, Bobby Chase for, for getting be. this team on the hand, because... Uh, we are moving to the place where detailish Art Adams, Jim Lee style is the thing. And I guess, you know, things were being established at DC with like the Vertigo line. And it would be this atypical, non-house style, very organic, scratchy goth line. Uh, in some ways, I feel like this is their goth book. You know, that's, yeah. an, that's an answer to the Vertigo stuff that was like fucking eating Marvel's lunch in terms of quality. 
of content and stuff. So they got the perfect art team for this. Mike Heisler on lettering for this issue and maybe a couple other issues going forward. But the letterer, the letterer becomes Janice Chang. And she establishes like the, mm-hmm. uh, the Ghost Rider speech bubbles. Uh, sort of into what, into what they do become. And Which, I do, by the way, again, a parallel with like a Sandman. Absolutely. At, uh, at DC. I got to show you something, though, man. And she's the first letterer that I was able to ever, like, pull out. Like, oh, I, oh, this Janice Chang lettered this comic because she, she would have, like, it would be like little flare pen dabs at the end of all of her characters, a little dot. And I hung out with her at, uh, at New York Comic Con and sat with her. Like, she sat with me for, for hours the one day. And then the next day, she comes with this, man. That's super cool. Yeah. And, wow, that's and a great piece. You see her lettering, dude, with like a little yeah. dips and dabs and stuff. And like this is the box that Ghost Rider will be talking in in the future. And that's what her hand style is, dude. Do you know what she lettered that with? Is that a speedball, like a C6 or something like that? Because they have that little rounded edge, which maybe would make those dots. I'm not sure. Like the rounded edge keeps a blunt letter form. You know what I'm saying? I do. So I don't think it's that. And she, I'm sure she told me, and I, I don't remember. But it's one of my prized possessions. Ready to jump? Go. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the comics that Ed Piscor and I make. Red Room Trigger Warnings. The second season of Red Room, all self-contained stories, issues one to four, now available in comic shops everywhere. Red Room, the anti-social network, the trade paperback collection of the first season of Red Room, now available in comic shops everywhere. Minus 28 countries where it's banned and 10 comic shops, but you can still request it there. And coming in September, the collection, the trade paperback of Red Room Trigger Warnings will be in stores in September. You can pre-order that now at your local comic shop or online wherever you buy your books. Hulk Grand Design Monster and Hulk Grand Design Madness in comic shops everywhere. The 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk. I am writing, drawing lettering, coloring, the Grand Design treatment, retelling that 60-year history, and you can now pre-order the Hulk Grand Design oversized treasury collection, uh, about 40 extra pages in that. It'll be in stores before Christmas, but you can pre-order it now in your comic shops or in your bookstores wherever you buy comics. And now back to our regular scheduled programming. Awesome first page, right? Yeah, dude, it's so fucking... It's almost... Ghost Rider looks super cool. Yeah. Yeah, and just the scene. Yeah, it feels a little bit more pen work uh, from from Texera on the inks here than uh-huh. than I think of later in this run, whenever he's mostly doing everything himself. But also has that scratchy, almost a Sienkiewicz yeah. sort of treatment with the pen. And again, really suits a dark book like this. Very crusty bunkers, man. Very continuity uh, in in the mix here. And Danny Ketch's sister is absolutely coming up with a million good arguments for why we should not be in this fucking cemetery, but we're going to be here anyway. And of course, this little Yancey Street gang of thugs is uh, fucking with them a little bit, but they're reasonably nerdy. Like, they're not that big of a deal, even though it does look like they're trying to do some larceny, but it seems half-hearted, you know? Like, the girls, they're inept, they, they, and they run away at the first sign of uh, trouble. But let's escalate things. Because that was just a red herring. 
Man, there's a lot of story crammed into this issue. <laughs> I like this. Something pretty ugly is about to happen <laughs> as there is a dude splattered against a wall there. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I think something may have already happened. And this is straight out of canon films. You got your trench coat mafia dudes holding, you know, the microchip as they are pointing the gun at uh, Great Color here by Greg Wright, man. From Newcastle, by the way. Just talked, I didn't to, know that. talked to him about... Uh, that he discovered we were Pittsburghers and uh this Death Watch stuff see this is what I can't stress man as a kid growing up in this era uh you get the Marvel Universe Series 2 cards and on the back it's like the first appearance of this and that like this is the first appearance of Death Watch this is the first <laughs> appearance of Volume 3 fucking Danny Ketch Ghost Rider and I got the first I got it it's something that I could go buy Darkhawk and Deathlock were some of those uh issue ones did you mention those ones mm -mm. That's, i think those are the uh the other joints and nick fury had one and we could get those issue ones it was our issue ones even though you know this ain't no green goblin it looks like uh 1963 it does yeah it? the fury <laughs> <laughs> i feel like all the goth marvel superheroes have the same power which is to like make bad people Penance. S sad. Or whatever. <laughs> That's right. That's, they, burn, they, they psychologically burn on the inside. <laughs> Making them sad should be their superpower. <laughs> Sister catches a bullet. Good use of silhouettes for doing a night scene. Yeah. They do a good job from the beginning of how do you do night, because so much of Ghost Rider is set at night. Absolutely. And and uh, the, 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 the palette, the color palette, really works. Uh, right established this kind of palette in um punisher with jim lee and these are colors that you see following that you really don't see in other marvel books yeah. man also you know what we're setting up is your main dude has has a fire for a head so we're gonna see a lot of blues before yes. we see the yellows and oranges of that flame really smart this red feels really rich like there's just i don't see any blue dots but they he did something to get, that doesn't feel like the regular red maybe when you marry the regular red against these blues it feels warmer or something but great use of silhouettes again really kind of drive home that nighttime scene yeah in art school they called this an analogous color composition where you have all the various cool colors but yeah. one warm he just finds a motorcycle <laughs> and ninjas. Oh, we're back in Omwat territory, dude. <laughs> like, just, just insert ninjas. Omwat is, is your DNA of comic books. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's trying to resist touching it, and then he finally, he's like, oh, he just can't it. help himself and puts his hand on this glowing cap. <laughs> but there you go with the yellow lighting up your page. Yes. Looks like they use zips. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Makes me think of Akira, which would have been coming out at this time from, sure. from Epic. Sure. And if you're going to do a bike, it's hard not to think you at least look that direction. That's true. There's your money shot. And it's on a page turn. Very yeah. wise. Very, Boy, that very yellow. Wise. How good does the yellow tires look? So good. Against that slate blue. Uh, imagine having to draw that bike in all different angles, Jimmy. Man, I, that's what I used to do when I'd look at this book, is just think like, there's no way you can do this. How can someone draw a bike like this? And maybe you can once. But not 22 pages. No, and not in perspective and front and back and low angles. There's, yeah. your, there's your image from the title page. Yes. 
it's neat seeing it blown up and i wonder if that was instructive for people because like you get more texture you know the lines because again like you get to issue six or eight of this series and it looks a lot more like that front blown up image mm -hmm. a lot of these kind of like manga speed lines also in this issue yeah which again makes sense how do you do speed on a bike you feel a lot of continuity studios yeah with this shading and feathering on that stuff very dick giordano And this is pretty good. You get to Ghost Rider fairly quickly and get to see an action scene with him taking out ninjas with his chain, giving the penance stare to some, some dudes. <laughs> I mean, it's what I want in an issue one, especially a superhero comic. Another one of those analogous color compositions, man, with that... He looks so badass Bright there. yellow. You know, it doesn't look like your typical superhero figure. Much more lean. This feels full text, doesn't it? Yeah. Less Salteris. We we discovered in an early issue of Wizard Magazine that Salteris and Texier are like brothers-in-law or something. Yeah, something. They're like they're family. It's a it's a good looking style. Like I said, I'm not sure why why Salteris leaves this book. I don't know if it's a deadline issue or something else comes up. When you hear the conversations of early image and who we want and who who should be a part of it, Salteris was part of it. it like makes the sense. image guys wanted him. I see tiny bits of like um, some Stromanisms at times, like some of the, the fine line stuff. And the stuff that we're pointing out are the kind of iconoclastic art styles that were at Marvel post-Jim Shooter that were deviating from that house style. Yeah. They, they weren't these like wannabe John Buscema types. Yeah, it's, it's, it's worth doubling down on that. This book did not look like other Marvel comics. Yeah. And that was super cool. I mean, it's great. Greg Wright does do some good stuff in the coloring. Yeah. Like picking what gets highlighted, you know, a roof of a cop car. <laughs> it's funny because like he's he's a uh, he's a good guy in all this, man. But just plows through sure. the roadblock. And this is like the miracle man. Like people will tell you that <laughs> I knew that there were, no, there were no people in there, but I can't be sure. I don't think this continues. His bike, like that, that top part comes down almost like the battering ram. I don't think that's something that continues. Yeah. Yeah, usually just like it's like a one piece because you always you don't want to cover up the fire wheel ever. Yeah, but and it's a cool thing. You know, I, I was looking at it and thinking like, oh, man, you're making toys. It's an action figure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the $20 uh, upsell. Super smart on someone's part. All this stuff that we're talking about, like these guys are figure artists, man. Every time you see a background, it's total fucking hack background, dude. Just cut cut some doesn't shapes. hurt my feelings at all. It's super simple. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally down with that. It's just shapes. There's a better way to do this page, and, and I don't know what it is. I, I think I think Art Adams probably solved it uh, a bunch of times when he did like the new Fantastic Four. But we have to establish that this guy could drive up went up walls. And just seeing him at a typical angle mm -hmm. that we see him at, it doesn't read that way at the start. Even here, it's like, I know alleys that have this. You know what I mean? Totally. It's like you have to see this. So there's a there's a different way, and they have they solved it over time. But this is not the the, the best introduction. I of think that. we looked at an interview with Tex about Ghost Rider and Wizard, and they have an example of uh, the bike going up the building that's a different angle and a little more effective. Yeah. There's also a lot of panels. You know, like this this note would be I think on maybe on Howard Mackey, but it's so loaded. You know, like so much of this is issue feels like six seven eight panels a page yeah and it's a double-sized issue so like you're really jamming in a lot of stuff 
often we talk like with uh, young cartoonists, that's a young cartoonist move. Yeah. You know, like, like almost going out of your way with extra panels for clarity, maybe. So I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what the thinking is on that. It yeah. feels like that that also changes over the first you know half dozen issues or so. Oh yeah. Maybe everybody settles in and gets more comfortable. Danny Ketch got to turn back to the, his regular self. This this brown is unexpected, but it looks good on that. A lot of the colors in this are atypical. Yeah. The color palette kind of feels like a uh, Vertigo comic. It does. Like that. Like is his name Death Watch or Death Strikers? Yeah, I don't De know. Death Watch, I think. Yeah, Death Watch. Uh, we never, we never see him. Like he's always in a kind of a shadows. Like we've seen like kind of a reddish, orangish version of his skin. Here it's a, a sort of brownish. Like, but you never see like what the natural, like what the base, like in daylight. What is this dude? Yeah, it kind of has that continuity studios feeling. That's true. That color, I always associate that gray color with them. Yeah. Montage sequence that you can't cry about, man. Pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I like that. Continue it onto the next page. Looks really good, this panel. Thank Carl, gentlemen. Thanks, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Establishing your bad guy. Yeah, good news you got promoted, but if you mess up, you get to be this dude next. Kingpin appearance. And again, I, I see shades of uh, Sienkiewicz in some of the line work. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. It's establishing several levels of bad guy here, you know, to, to set up the series. Like, Kingpin's at the top, Death Watch is a step below, uh, the sister's fucked up. So you have, like, four or five different threads that you could pull on. Uh, Neil Gaiman talked about when he was doing Sandman, and it was a monthly comic, and that scared him. You th you th he called it throwing up softballs. Like, create some stuff so that in a pinch you could go back focus on i think of manga that way oh absolutely like the first couple chapters of manga is a lot of balls in the air and archie goodwin showing up yeah <laughs> kingpin's right hand man this kid's living a crypt man so not only is danny catch the the peter parker of the 90s but here's the yancey street gang of of the 1990s and they live in a fucking mausoleum yeah they they scored the uh everybody once that briefcase and they are the ones that ended up with it they're sure it's full of drugs or money and it's neither and it is that argument for why you never want to see inside the pulp fiction suitcase That's right. because who gives a fuck right very much more text than cell towers in this panel right mm -hmm. there yep you know this is what the Same comic here. will become danny catch showing up with blood on his gimmicks and how about that, dude? Graying out. The, yeah, you don't see that often. Which is a cool thing because it's it's he's fuzzing in and out of consciousness. Even the color here, it's like yeah, it's great. A throbbing. You never see a panel that looks like that. I I'd challenge anybody to find another panel that looks like that in a Marvel comic. Just gray, just hard gray. Yeah. He almost looks even like fucking Peter Parker, totally. dude. He looks like Peter Parker, and he looks a lot like manga, that, that one yeah. panel. Yeah, like that American manga uh -huh. of like the 80s. Even this kind of. Yeah. Absolutely. It's weird to see like the styles fluctuate a little bit early on here. Yeah. But I guess everybody's figuring out what they're doing. You know, it's an issue one. Now he's got to go cry to his sister. You know, replace her with Uncle Ben, and there you go. There's the formula. Great shot. 
whole good page. Love the full moon. I'm not going to complain about that full moon, even though going to full moon zine, but it's really well done. A little bit of a uh, zip tone screen tone clouds covering and just glowing on the side of the bike. Just looking through this issue real quick, I was like, holy fuck, I don't remember like Johnny Blaze, like it's a uh, little cameo or something. Yeah, I didn't remember that either. And it, and it's not, like that's not Johnny Blaze. It's just one of Kingpin's bad guys or something. Who looks like Johnny Blaze. Yeah, straight with the green glasses. Like, it would have been a great moment to have Johnny Blaze in there. Yeah, maybe don't want to bring him back too soon. Yeah. You know, he is going to show up probably within the first year. Then you got that Spirit of Vengeance uh, comic, which some of the best Kubert Brothers work that exists in comics is in, in those those pages. It's almost like Spawn, right? Kind of. Yeah, somebody has that symbol. A little bit of New, New Japan Pro Wrestling <laughs> logo, I think, too. <laughs> Two transformations in one issue, Jimmy. Nice. Well, it is double-sized. Yes. <laughs> Wonder if this is something that's originally two issues, and then they decide to, to uh, gang it up as a big oversized issue one. Yeah, that's interesting to think about. Because there's, there's a got... splash page. Yeah, totally. Boy, that's a good one, too. Yeah, it is. There's such a weight on the bike. That's the what you got to nail. Yes. If you're going to do the, a, a good-looking bike or vehicle, car, anything, you got to get that weight. It's that back-wheel drive, man. Like, that back-wheel is gunning and pushing that bike up there. Yeah, and I bet this is coming from some sort of reference, and look how much they make it their own. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, whatever photo, like, whatever they started with the bones of, it is. it does not stay that to the very end. It makes me think of Neil Adams, mm -hmm. you know, like that's a guy who pushed reference, but also make that reference your own. And they're making the reference their own with those buildings right there. Now we got a shootout between Death Watch guys, Kingpin guys and Ghost Rider just showing up fucking dudes up. See, I don't remember if the chain, if this gimmick continues on where the links break up and become like throwing stars. I like that. I, I, it'd be hard to give that one up, but I don't remember that being a staple. That's fun too. You get a new book and the character's powers are still a little bit, a little bit being worked out. Right. This is funny. Yeah, it's kind of strange. Just a missile, like, bouncing off the skull. Good storytelling. Very clear what you're seeing. Oh, this this is so sharp. This is, like, one of the coolest panels. Because, like, imagine the terror. Mm -hmm. If you're looking through a fucking gun sight and you you arrive at that. Yeah, not what you want to look through and you, see. You turn the bazooka the other way around and hit that button. <laughs> you hit that trigger before that thing gets to you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's no good. Johnny Blaze about to get his head chopped off. But catches the bike chain. Ooh, dude, he even got spurs. Yeah, I don't know if those stick around either. <laughs> <laughs> Tex is getting a little too Tex. Love the spike gloves, though. Oh, badass. All that spike stuff was so hard. I feel like McFarlane even lifts this, right? Who's Spawn without spikes? Chains and spikes. Another one of those perspectives. Is Barbara going to be happy and healthy and recover? We're going to have to read issue number two. Setting up all the stakes, dude. Got two sets of villains to play with here you got a sister 
that's in trouble. Danny Ketch could have helped her if he would have done things a little differently, but he didn't. You know, you got to, got the start of the series here, Jimmy. A lot of stuff, a lot of groundwork laid there. I was on board for for maybe for two years. Yeah, that's was, about that's was, about the run. I was grabbing everything. Hey, everybody was like, I swear this book. I think took everyone by surprise and was probably after Spider-Man, the second big uh, breakout hit from that that launch. Although a lot of those books did well. Yeah. New Warriors, I think that was one of those that the sales actually increased over time. Right. Almost unheard of. And Guardians of the Galaxy, like think about the history of that that franchise and set of characters. Valentino working on that book. It's a good year. It was a good time to be a comics fan. Yes, man. The, 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 they knew me at the right aid where I was buying this stuff, man. They knew me there. Man, I used to call up like the little newsstand in my town and be like, new comics come in today? Are they out yet? Did you get this comic or that comic? They must have hated my guts. Because it was like cigars and, and newspapers and stuff. And they didn't even know. Like, like uh, they wouldn't know the like, difference. They'd be like, save me that new mutants. They would be like, oh, this is as good as Superman. Or like, <laughs> something like that. Like, oh, what's the difference, kid? Yes. But this was the time, man, straight off the rack, you know? Like, it, it hurts me that my thing has bent up in a weird... Like, I don't know why why that happened. I stored... I bet it was stored flat for a while. It was, under my bed, and just through two or happens. three piles. That's the danger of your flat storage. <laughs> <laughs> Super fun to crack this thing open, man. This has been on the two-read pile for Cartoonist Kayfabe for some time, man. I felt like looking at that Salteris Texiera combination. There's probably more issues to do in there, so... Uh, Kayfabers, make this video popular. Maybe we'll come back and do some more Ghost Rider. Maybe we'll look at an all text issue. Uh, there's some good crossovers. There's quite a few issues out of that first couple years that uh, would be fun to look at. I agree, man. You good to go? Yep. All right, Cartoonist Kayfabe Comic Book Christmas in July is going to be the last Saturday in July. Make sure you stuff your free little lending library in your neighborhood full of comics, be it comp copies that you have lying around if you're a maker doubles that you have we all have doubles man you go to those quarter bins you can't you can't not buy that that other issue of uh kirby's eternals that you see in there put that stuff in these free lending libraries we need to sow the seeds of uh increasing uh comic book readership out there and uh the the right comic will do that for the right reader man so we gotta take some shots at that like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. Jimmy, what do you have? Hulk Grand Design Monster and Hulk Grand Design Madness are in stores now. You can also pre-order the Hulk Grand Design Treasury Collection. Uh, besides being oversized, about 40 extra pages in that book. I'm so psyched for that thing to come out. I designed it on top of writing and drawing, coloring, all that stuff. And it's, it's the best book I've made so far. So pre-order that in time for Christmas. Perfect Christmas gifts for you or your friend who reads comics. And join me on patreon.com slash jimrug. Red Room, the anti-social network trade paperback is in stores now. Thank you guys so much for supporting it in, in such a big way. Uh, much appreciated, but I'm calling on you to support Red Room Trigger Warnings, the trade paperback uh, that is going to be available in September. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game in Red Room Comics. They are live streaming murders and tortures for 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 other people's enjoyments. Uh, you can uh, read these comics on my Patreon for three bucks. Uh, the complete archive is up there and I put up new strips every Tuesday. And uh, to order or pre-order these comics, either hit up your comic shop, go to Amazon, or hit up the link tree. 
and ordered directly from Fantagraphics. What else do we have out there, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. That's another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Given those marching orders, we'll be on our way. Read more comics.